All right, fellow fact checkers. Now, before we start the show, I want to remind you to head over and check out our great sponsor, Fox and Son Coffee. Uh, they've got an amazing deal with all kinds of blends going on. So head over there and check it out. You can get the Mexican honey prep, the Brazilian honey prep, the Guatemalan, the Ethiopian. They'll be adding new roasts regularly. So be sure to check in and see what new flavors Steve has got over at Fox and Son Coffee. They've also got all of your usual favorites. The Den Blend Dark, the Den Blend Light, and the one that we personally like around the house since... Uh, we can't seem to agree on which of the light or the dark is better for both me and the wife. The Den Blend Tube Electric Boogaloo, which is the medium roast. So be sure to use the checkout code FCT for fact check this at checkout, and that'll get you an 18% discount on any order of $25 or more. Also, any order of $37.99 or more gets you free shipping. Load up on all the greatest coffee on the market, and you can thank me later. Well, let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. All right, Fact Check This podcast. And I got two back-to-back this week from Alternet. Now, as most of you know who've listened to this for a while, I thoroughly enjoy looking at articles from the left. I'm, I'm not, I, I, I like reading stuff from Zero Hedge and Epoch Times and uh, some of the uh, Red State and some of the other uh, more right-wing conservative media outlets that, uh, not Fox News types, right? Uh, News, Newsweek and, and everything else. I like getting information from them but i really really enjoy looking at things like mother jones and raw story alternate the atlantic uh salon getting getting the opinions of these raging psychopath leftists that write for for these like prominent uh news outlets because it gives you a look into their mind into where their brain is and how they actually think and feel about everyday people not not just about like ultra mega alt-right conservative types but everyday regular people the things that they say in these articles are the things that they believe fundamentally at their core about anyone and everyone who does not believe or who does not believe and agree with them on a hundred percent of everything if you do not align perfectly with everything that they say and do, then you are public enemy number one, and they lump you in with the worst of the worst, Charlottesville rioters or whatever. You may as well be. You may as well just go ahead and get the KKK hood out of your closet, dust it off, and start wearing it out in public because you are you are every bit of that to these people. So I like reading these because it really gives you a look into. Honestly, a look into their soul to see just how fucking black and miserable they are. So let's have a look at a couple different articles this week. Uh, We're going to start with libertarianism and why Republicans embrace cruelty. And this is a they're both a couple weeks old, but uh, I've been sitting on them and 
I've been trying to see this is the problem that I, I run into. And for those who are watching the video, I'm pretty sure in the share screen, as I've got this pulled up, you can see all of the different tabs that I've got open across the top. These are all of the things that I've been looking at that I've that I've got on the docket that I've just been trying to figure out when's a good time to work this in. So I've been sitting on this one for a couple of weeks and and with following up on some of the stuff that I've covered over the last couple of weeks, it feels like a good time to throw this in. So anyway, now that you get a little uh, get to see how the sausage is made there with uh for those of you who watch the video and can see the uh, literally two dozen tabs that I've got open across the top of my browser. Last night was the Republican debate where we heard lots of predictable rants about crushing the welfare state and restoring freedom and self-reliance. So once again, why are Republicans so cruel and why do they seem so fond of libertarianism? Why is libertarianism such a bad thing that leftists and progressives absolutely think that people are incapable of taking care of themselves? Why does Greg Abbott put razor wire in the Rio Grande River? Why does Ron DeSantis revel in keeping tens of thousands of low-income Florida children from getting Medicaid? Yesterday, I laid out the terrible impact libertarian policies, which have infected the GOP for five decades, have had on the United States. But where did the whole idea of libertarianism come from, and who started the Libertarian Party? Get ready for a wild ride as we do a deep dive into America's most bizarre and phony political party. I'll at least agree with you on the phony part. That's, but there's something to be said for some of this stuff. Uh, positive, not not the brain bug that this dumbass has. Uh, how is it that Republicans so often embrace casual cruelty like tearing mothers from their children or throwing pregnant women in poverty off public assistance? Why have 12 GOP-controlled states refused to this day to expand Medicaid for their 30 million minimum wage working people when the federal government covers 90% of the cost? Why are Republicans so committed to destroying Medicare and Social Security? Why do they go so far as to use the disrespectful slur Democrat Party when there's no such, when there's no such a thing in America and never has been? Why are Democratic members of Congress having to armor their own homes, having received over 9,000 death threats so far this year, virtually all of them from domestic terrorists who Republicans refuse to repudiate? Maybe because those aren't actual credible threats. They're not from domestic terrorists. They're from fucking federal agents who are playing as domestic terrorists or alt-right, whatever, uh, Patriot Front and, and and the like. Uh, how many of those Democratic members have actually been attacked versus the number of Republicans like Rand Paul and uh, the guy that got shot at a baseball game? Like Republicans actually get attacked. They talk about 9,000 death threats that are complete bullshit from fucking FBI agents who are just trying to run fucking ops and make it seem like everybody's so opposed to the democrats but in the tr but at the end of the day none of them get attacked none of them get killed none of them are ever have anything come about the or or really have any reason to fear because the the police state is not going to allow them to come to any harm it's just fucking insane the FBI is still looking for a Matt Getz supporter who threatened to murder Getz's Democratic opponent. I, again, don't believe this is a legitimate thing. It's a person who pretended to be a Getz supporter trying to drum up attention for the opponent. 
Like that's do you have y'all not figured this out? Does that does it ring bells? These see these people. Th this is why I like to read these articles because they are so divorced from the reality of these situations that they believe all of this bullshit. Like you can show them literal evidence, uh, like we did about a year ago when we went through all of the different. Um, from Dennis Prager, where we go through all the different cases where you had racism on college campuses that turned out to either be completely uh, completely fabricated or the perpetrator was actually the person who was saying that was, there was racist shit being done to him. Uh, like the, there was the one girl that uh, spray painted racial slurs all over her own car and said that, like, that's what you have here. You have these people that are actually Democrats trying to drum up attention and get support for their for the people they actually support. Like it, that's the way this game is played. That's and that's the way that the Democrats play this game every fucking time. It's the way the fucking feds play this game. Look at look at the Gretchen Whitmer Whitmer kidnapping. Seven people arrested and or uh, seven people in the group that were planning Gretchen Whitmer's kidnapping and five of the seven were federal fucking agents who set the other two up. That's the way this game is fucking played. It turns out this is not just politics. The roots of this brutal movement in today's GOP run from a 1927 child murderer through a greedy real estate lobbying group to Ronald Reagan putting both of their philosophies into actual practice and bringing morbidly rich right-wing billionaires into the GOP fold. We're back to the right-wing billionaires who are controlling everything. Because that's what these morons actually fucking believe. Like, that's how divorced from reality they are. As a result, Republican policies over the past 42 years not only gutted America's middle class and transferred $50 trillion from working people to the top 1%, but it also led to the Trump presidency and the attack on the Capitol January 6th that he led. The thing that gutted the middle class was outrageous spending policies and all of these social programs that promote people to stay fucking poor. Reporter Mark Ames documents how, back in the 1940s, a real estate lobbying group came up with the idea of creating a new political party to justify deregulating the real estate and financial industries so they could make more money. This new libertarian party would give an ideological and political cover to their goal of becoming government-free, and they developed an elaborate pretense of governing philosophy for, around it. Their principal argument was, <clears throat> that if everybody acted separately and independently, in all cases with maximum selfishness, such behavior would actually benefit society. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. There would be no government needed beyond an army and a police force and a court system to defend the rights of property owners. It was a bizarre twisting of Adam Smith's reference to the invisible hand that regulated trade amongst nations. In 1980, billionaire David Cook ran for vice president on the newly formed Libertarian Party ticket. His platform included calls to privatize the post office, end all public schools, give Medicare and Medicaid to big insurance companies, end all taxation of the morbidly rich, terminate food and housing support to all other and all other forms of welfare, deregulate all corporate oversight while shutting down the EPA and FDA, and selling off much of the federal government's land and other assets to billionaires and big corporations. This all sounds amazing. Why why can't we why can't we actually get the GOP to get on board with with this level of cruelty? Because that's that's what I mean. How's the post office doing? It's fucking falling apart. The only reason that it's still 
that it still runs at all is because the federal government just keeps pumping billions upon billions of dollars into it. How are all these public schools going? I mean, fuck, all you got to do is look at every single city across the fucking country and see how all of their test scores and every single metric is down across the board and they are pumping out retard after retard after fucking completely inept, useless piece of shit human being. They are not teaching kids anything and they are not helping them grow as human beings. But yeah, we need to uh, need to keep the got to keep them public schools in place. Uh, Medicare and Medicaid are maybe maybe Medicare, but Medicaid is largely abused. Uh, all of the welfare system, like what's what's that accomplishing? You you have created a a subsidized and incentivized system for people to not actually put forth the effort to take care of themselves. And what what is any of this shit doing? The EPA and the FDA. Look at what the, the I mean, like people who write this stuff have clearly never had any type of dealing with the e EPA, with OSHA, with the FDA, like with any of their regulations and the bullshit and the way that they come up with this stuff. Like none of it is actually based on good sound science or what's what would be right for the industry. It's all based on what can they do to make more money, to send you more fines, to force you to do all of this extra shit that pads their pockets and lines the pockets of the people who put them in place. It's the way the fucking game is played. Once you understand that the game is rigged, then you are ready to play the game. The problem with these motherfuckers who write these articles is they think it's all above board. They'll never believe that any of this is rigged. They are that fucking divorced from reality. Reagan, who won, then, uh, who won that 1980 election, embraced this view in his inaugural address, saying government is not the solution to our problem. Correct. Government is the problem. Double correct. He then doubled down on the idea that... Be uh, by beginning the systematic process of gutting and crippling governmental institutions that historically had supported working people and the middle class. If they had been supporting working people in the middle class so well, why were things moving in such a wrong direction at the time? And why do you have Reaganomics and the, uh, the uh, economic boom that came after he got into office and continued um, for the better part of a decade, maybe even a decade and a half? Uh, the child killer who inspired a movement. Reagan wasn't just echoing the libertarian vision. He was also endorsing Ayn Rand's, uh, Ayn Rand's objectivist view of the world, which traces its roots to a murderous psychopath in 1927. Back in 2015, Donald Trump told USA Today's Kristen Powers that his favorite book was Ayn Rand's Raped Girl Decides She Likes It novel, The Fountainhead. I'm not going into the Fountainhead or, or anything Rand-related. Um, no, not not doing that for, for another time. <laughs> it relates to business, beauty, life, and inner emotions, he told Powers. That book relates to everything. Ayn Rand's novels have informed libertarian Republicans like former Speaker of the House and uh, House of Representatives and current Fox News board member Paul Ryan, who required interns to read her books when they joined his staff. Paul Ryan was not good. Let's just pump the brakes here but let's see democrats think that he was this like horrifying uh super conservative you know ultra maga type so even though that's anything but uh powers added he trump told her that he identified with howard rourke the protagonist who designed skyscrapers and rages against the establishment rand's hero rourke 
in fact, raged so much in her novel that he blew up a public housing project with dynamite. Rand, in her journals, explained where she got her inspiration for Howard Wark and the leading male characters in so many of her other novels. She writes that the theme of The Fountainhead, for example, is one puts oneself above all and crushes everything in one's way to get the best for oneself. On Trump's hero, Howard Wark, she wrote that he has learned long ago with his first consciousness two things which dominate his entire attitude towards life his own superiority, and the utter, utter worthlessness of the world. He knows that he wants and what he thinks. He needs no other reasons, standards, or considerations. His complete selfishness is as natural to him as breathing. It turns out that Rourke and many of her other characters were based on a real person. The man who inspired Anne Rand's fictional heroes was named William Edward Hickman, and he lived in Los Angeles during the Roaring Twenties. Ten days before Christmas 1927... Hickman, a teenager with slick dark hair and tiny muted eyes, drove up to Mount Vernon Junior High School in Los Angeles and kidnapped Marion Parker, the daughter of a wealthy banker in town. Hickman then held the girl ransom, demanding $1,500 from her father, back then about a year's salary. Supremely confident that he would elude capture, Hickman signed his name on the ransom notes, The Fox. After two days, Marion's father agreed to hand over the ransom in exchange for the safety of his daughter. What Perry Parker didn't know is that Hickman never intended to give up to his end of the bargain. The Pittsburgh Press detailed that Hickman, with his own words, did next. It was while I was fixing the blindfold that the urge to murder came upon me, he said. I could, I just couldn't help myself. I got a towel and stepped up behind Marion. Then, when she could move, uh, before she could move, I put it around her neck and twisted it tightly. Hickman didn't hold back in any of these details. He was proud of his cold, cold-bloodedness. I held on, and she made no outcry except to gurgle. I held on for about two minutes, I guess, and then I let go. When I cut loose the fastenings, she fell to the floor, and I knew she was dead. But Hickman wasn't finished. After she was dead, I carried her body into the bathroom and undressed her, all but the underwear, and cut a hole in her throat with a pocket knife to let the blood out. Hickman then dismembered the child piece by piece, putting her limbs in a cabinet in his apartment, and then wrapped up the carved-up torso, powdered the lifeless face of Marion Parker, uh, set what was left of her stump torso with the head sitting atop in the passenger seat of his car and drove to meet her father to collect the ransom money. He even sewed open her eyelids to make it look like she was alive. On the way, Hickman dumped the body parts out of his car window before rendezvousing with Marion Parker's father. Armed with a shotgun so that her father wouldn't come close enough to Hickman's car to see that Marion was dead, Hickman collected his $1,500, then kicked open the door and tossed the rest of Marion Parker onto the road. As he sped off, her father fell to his knees, screaming. Days later, the police caught up with the defiant and unrepentant Hickman in Oregon. His lawyers pleaded insanity, but the jury gave him the gallows. To nearly everyone, Hickman was a monster. The year of the murder, as the Los Angeles Times told the most horrible crime of the 1920s, Hickman was America's most despicable villain at the time. So this is another thing that you, you see in... Uh, The way that they write these pieces, pop out of it for a second. The way that they write these pieces is they. Uh, I'm not a big, Anne Rand fan. I've I've read enough of her stuff to know that I don't uh, particularly care for. A lot of her takes, so whether or not, this was actually her inspiration and and what usage she got out of this inspiration i i couldn't tell you i don't i don't care for her 
in particular. I know that makes me a bad libertarian, but fuck it, I I just don't like her writing. Uh, it is a little too selfish, even for my liking. Um, but they use these stories in this kind of narrative of like extreme gruesome uh, rhetoric to to make the reader believe that anyone who reads Anne Rand, because she may have taken some inkling of inspiration from something about this story at some point. Now, because of that association, if you have ever even read Anne Rand, and because of Anne Rand's ties to libertarianism, if you agree with any form of libertarian policy or or a libertarian mindset, you are now a monster on par with Hickman. That's the connections they make. That means Trump. Trump has probably dismembered somebody, right? That's because he likes the fountainhead. That's like that's the connections that they make to this. I bet you Trump has never heard this the Hickman story, doesn't know a single goddamn thing about Rand other than the fountainhead. I I would be willing to bet none of that. I I just don't think he's that smart. I think he's incredibly intelligent, but I don't think he's that smart. Uh but that's the connections that they make with, with this kind of shit. So back, back to the back to the story. Anne Rand falls in love with a Superman, but to Alyssa Zinoviva Rosenbaum, a 21-year-old Russian political scientist student who arrived in America just two years earlier, Hickman was a hero. Alyssa was a squat, five-foot-two with a flapper hairdo and a wide, sunken, dark eyes that gave her a haunting stare. Etched into those brooding eyes was burned the memory of a childhood backlit by the Russian Revolution. She had just departed Leninist Russia, where most of a decade earlier, there was a harsh backlash against the Russian property owners and the Bolsheviks. Alyssa's own family was targeted, and at the age of 12, she watched as Bolshevik soldiers burst into her father's pharmacy, looted the store, and plastered on her dad's doors the red emblem of the state, indicating that his private business now belonged to the people. That incident left such a deep and burning wound in young Alyssa's mind that she went to college to study political science and vowed one day she'd become a famous writer to warn the world of the dangers of Bolshevism. Starting afresh in Hollywood, she angled... Uh, anglicized her name to Anne Rand and moved from a prop girl to screenwriter novelist, basing the heroes of several of her stories on a man she was reading about in the newspapers at the time, a man she wrote effusively about in her diaries, a man she hero-worshipped. William Edward Hickman was the most notorious man in, American, in America in 1928, having achieved the level of national fame that she craved. Young Anne Rand saw in Hickman the ideal man she based the fountainhead on, and used the ground of uh, used to ground her philosophy and her life's work. His greatest quality, she believed, was his unfeeling, pitiless selfishness. Hickman's words were carefully recounted by Rand in her journals. His statement that "I am like the state; what is good for me is right" resonated deeply with her. It was the perfect articulation of her belief that if people pursued their own interests above all else, even above friends, family, or nation, the result would be utopian. She wrote in her diary that those words of Hickman's were the best and strongest expression of a real man's psychology I ever heard. Hickman, the monster who boasted about how he hacked up a 12-year-old girl, had, Anne, uh, had Rand's ear. 
as well as her heart. She saw a strongman archetype in him, the way that people wearing red MAGA hats see a strongman savior in Donald Trump. I told you we're coming back to Trump and Hickman are the one and the same. And if you'd like Ayn Rand, then you think that Donald Trump murdered 12-year-old girls. That's where we are. You like the way that they always work, like they they always work their way back to Trump is like some unique evil. He's he's on par with Hitler, Stalin, Hickman, everything bad that's ever happened in the world. That's Trump all rolled into an rolled up into a nice tight compact package. As Hickman's murder trial unfolded, Rand grew increasingly enraged at how the mediocre American masses had rushed to condemn her Superman. The first thing that impresses me about the case, Rand wrote in reference to the Hickman trial in early notes for a book she was working on uh, titled The Little Street, is the ferocious rage of the whole society against one man. Astounded that Americans didn't recognize the heroism Hickman showed when he proudly rose above simply conforming to society's rules, Rand wrote, It is not the crime alone that has raised the fury of public hatred. It is the case of a daring challenge to society. It is the amazing picture of a man with no regard whatever for all the all that society holds sacred, with a consciousness all his own. <clears throat> Rand explained that when the masses are confronted with such a bold actor, they neither understood nor empathized with him. Thus, a brilliant, unusual, exceptional boy was turned by the media into a purposeless monster. The protagonist of the book that Rand was writing around that time was a boy named Danny Renahan. In her notes for the book, she wrote, the model type for the boy Renahan is Hickman. He would be her ideal man and the archetype of a philosophical movement that would transform a nation. He is born with the spirit of Argon and the nature of a medieval feudal lord. Rand wrote in her notes describing Renahan, imperious, impatient, uncompromising, untamable, intolerant, unadaptable, passionate, intensely proud, superior to the mob, an extreme extremist, no respect for anything or anyone. Rand wanted capitalism in its most raw form, unchecked by any government that could control the rules of the market or promote the benefits of society. Such good intentions had, after all, caused the hell she'd experienced in the Bolshevik Revolution. And Rand, like Hickman, found peace and justification in the extremes of her economic, political, and moral philosophy. Forget about democratic institutions, forget about regulating markets, and forget about pursuing any policies that benefit the majority of the ex at the expense of the very rich. The petty political rule makers and rule enforcers could never, ever do anything well or good, and that is absolutely correct. They do not, and they will not. Libertarianism and Ayn Rand set the stage for Trumpism. Only billionaires should rule the world, Trump has suggested. And he tried to put that into place, installing a billionaire advocate of destroying public schools in charge of public schools, a coal lobbyist representing billionaires in charge of the EPA, a, a billionaire-funded oil lobbyist in charge of our public lands, and a billionaire described by Forbes as a grifter in charge of the com Commerce Department. Trump's chief of staff said that putting children in cages in billionaire-owned privatized concentration camps where seven died would actually be a public good. How many died have died in these camps under the Biden administration? How many died in the camps under the Obama administration? Who created the fucking camps and built the cages? Oh, wait, that's right. It's the same guy that's running the Department of Homeland Security now under Biden. Oh, man. Wow. Who'd have thunk it? As Ayn Rand might say, don't just ignore the rules, destroy them. See, and this is this is more projection. 
as Ayn Rand might say. Ayn Rand never said that at any point. That's not that's not verbatim. That's a made up. This is a don't just ignore the rules, destroy them is a made up quote by the author that cannot be attributed to anyone. Welfare and other social safety net programs were, as Rand saw it, the glorification of mediocrity. I don't agree with a lot of Rand, but that is completely accurate. Providing a social safety net for the poor, disabled, and unemployed, she believed, were part of a way of thinking that promoted satisfaction instead of joy, contentment instead of happiness, a glowworm instead of a fire. These things are all accurate. Look at society today under this system, under this constant making people unimpressive. That's what we've got. Contentment instead of happiness. And, it, and it's only contentment because they're medicated into a contented state. Sociopaths of the world unite. Let's fucking go. Yes. Rand, like Trump, lived a largely joyless life. I, I don't, I, I can't speak for Ayn Rand, but from what we've seen of Trump, he seems to be a very joyful, happy person. And these fucking psychopath leftists, they have no joy at all. They, all they do is rage about how terrible all of these things are. Where's their joy? Holy shit. She mercilessly manipulated people, particularly particularly her husband and Alan Greenspan, who brought a dollar sign-shaped floral arrangement to her funeral, and, like Trump, surrounded herself with cult-like followers who were only on the inside so long as they gave her total, unhesitating loyalty. Like Trump, McConnell, McCarthy, and their billionaire... I, I, see, I like that they... See, this is how fucking unhinged and, and how disconnected from reality these leftists are that, that write this bullshit. McConnell and McCarthy are two of the most leftist Republicans on the fucking planet. But they always get lumped in with, like, ultra MAGA because th these morons can't actually look at reality for what it is. They, they, have, they have a complete inability. Uh, and their billionaire backers, Rand believed that a government working to help out working class looters instead of solely looking out for rich capitalist producers was throwing its best people under the bus. In Rand's universe, the producers had no obligations to the looters. Providing welfare or sacrificing one nickel of your own money to help a looter on welfare, un unemployment, or social security, particularly if it was taken at the barrel of a gun, taxes, was morally reprehensible. Like Trump saying, my whole life I've been greedy. For Rand, looking out for numero uno was the singular name of the game. Selfishness was next to godliness. I think uh, it was Anthem was kind of what pushed me to. I'd read some other Rand stuff. And, and when I read Anthem, I was just like, yeah, it's, it's just. It finally set in for me that like, this is just her thing, like the selfishness side of it. And, and, and. Selfishness is not necessarily a bad thing when done correctly. And if you go back and listen to all of the, the Manly Men episodes and, and discussions of, that I've done and the, the one about the Longhouse and, and Rome, selfishness is a very healthy, beneficial thing for a man who is behaving the way that a man truly should. Selfishness for the sake of selfishness doesn't do anything positive for society or for anybody involved but when you are selfish in the name of making things better for yourself and your family that's 
that's the way it's supposed to be done. And and that's the thing is there's always this disconnect when with these authors. Like whenever you talk about uh, when when Trump talks about greed or uh, when I when Rand talks about selfishness, like they remove the context of why would you do that? Why why is it why is greed a good thing? Because you're going to advance yourself, and by advancing yourself, especially somebody in a position like Trump, the more he advances himself, the more it builds up his brand, his his empire, so to speak, and the more he's able to expand. At, like, how many jobs has has Trump created? I guarantee you, way more. Like Trump, as a as a businessman, has created more jobs than the Biden administration. But greed is a bad thing, right? Fuck, fuck these morons. Later in Rand's life, in 1959, she gained more notoriety for the moral philosophy of selfishness that she named objectivism, and that is today at the core of libertarianism and the GOP. She sat down for an interview with CBS reporter Mike Wallace of 60 Minutes, suggesting that selfishness undermines the most truly American values. Wallace bluntly challenged Rand. You are out to destroy almost every edifice of the contemporary American way of life, Wallace said to Rand. Our Judeo-Christian religion, our modified government-regulated capitalism— our rule by the majority will. You scorn churches and the concept of God. Are these accurate criticisms? As Wallace was reciting the public criticisms of Rand, the CBS television camera zoomed in closely on her face as her eyes darted back and forth between the ground and Wallace's fingers. But the question, with its implied condemnation, didn't faze her at all. Rand with, <laughs> said with confidence and a matter-of-fact tone, yes. That's the way you respond. When, when they come at you with something... Uh, that's meant to be inflammatory, that's meant to make people feel a certain way about you, just lean into it. We're taught to feel concerned for our fellow man, Wallace challenged, to feel responsible for his welfare, to feel that we are, as religious people might put it, under uh, children under God and responsible for one another. Now, why do you rebel? That is what, in fact, makes man a sacrificial animal. Rand answered. She added, man's highest moral purpose is the achievement of his own happiness. It's... This this will be something that we'll come back around to when Mark Metz and I talk about uh, Bronze Age mindset and, and look at and Bronze Age pervert and the the concepts of that book. So we'll, we'll follow back up on this in, in a couple weeks or so. Um once Mark and I have a chance to to have our conversation, because some of this is uh, it, it gets to a fundamental like who we are as a species. Rand's philosophy, though popular in high school and on college campuses, never did in her lifetime achieve the sort of mass appeal that she hoped it had or that she had hoped. But today, Anne Rand's philosophy is a central tenet of the Republican Party and grounds for moral code proudly cited and followed by high profile billionaires and three former presidents of the United States. Ironically, when she was finally beginning to be taken seriously, Anne Rand became ill with lung cancer and went on Social Security and Medicare to make it through her last days. She died a looter in 1982, unaware that her promotion of William Edward Hickman's sociopathic worldview would one day validate an entire political party's embrace of a similarly sociopathic president. Holy shit, how do I wish that the Republicans actually did embrace this and that this was actually their platform and the things that they ran with. It would be so much better than this 
middle of the road squishy bullshit that they're currently doing. I I, I wish that these people were were even halfway right about all of this insanity they that they talk about with with how unhinged and sociopathic the 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 right is. Like none of this even comes fucking close. Look at fucking Mike Johnson, the new goddamn speaker of the house who was supposed to be so good and how squishy within a fucking day of him being named speaker of the house he's already backing down on ukraine on israel on every fucking thing that he should have been good on this is what the gop is not not sociopaths who are trying to advance billionaires cut government out of everything and actually run things with an iron fucking fist i could go for some good old-fashioned fascism instead what we get are soft socialist policy from a bunch of cucked pieces of fucking shit. This, what what this author is so scared of, that is what we actually fucking need. And we'll never get it because they're all a bunch of scared little bitches. The result so far is over a million dead Americans from COVID, which is a complete crock of fucking shit, and epidemic of homelessness, which is because of the socialist progressive policies, not because of the billionaire class and the collapse of this nation's working class, which again is because of all of these social programs and the leftist policies, not because of the billionaires. And while ideas and policies promoted by the libertarian wing of the Republican Party have made CEOs and billionaire investors very, very rich in recent decades, it's killing the rest of us. No, the thing that's killing the rest of us is these progressive policies that are removing and disincentivizing people from the workforce that are making it where companies don't want to hire people, that are making it where everything you do results in you losing fucking money to the state so that the state can continue to prop up and support all of these social programs and also to send all of our money overseas because the people who are actually running this shit are the fucking Jews and we got to send all of our goddamn money to Israel to help them, I don't know, turn the Gaza Strip into a uh, fucking parking lot. Sorry, I, I, I digress. Deep breath. Back to the article. Let's wrap this thing up. A return to sanity. Lord bring the day. In the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Harry Truman, and Dwight Eisenhower put America back together after the Republican Great Depression. See, here we are. If you listen to Friday's episode, here we are back to the Republican Great Depression except that the Republicans of the time were actually the progressives, and it was their bad socialist-like policies that brought about the Great Depression, not good conservatism. But never mind that. doesn't matter what your actual beliefs and policies were. All that matters is what the letter was next to your name. And if you were a Republican, even if you were a Republican pushing straight-up communism, and and all of that bad policy was the reason that all of this came about, doesn't matter what the actual policies and reasons were. All that matters is a fucking letter. After the Great Depression and built the largest and wealthiest middle class in the history of the world at the time. Largely through capitalistic endeavors, not social programs. The social programs are not what did any of that. Today, 42 years after Ayn Rand's ideas being put into practice by libertarian Republicans and Reagan to Bush to Trump have gutted the middle class, made a handful of oligarchs wealthier than any king or pharaoh in the history of the world, and brought a whole new generation of criminals, hustlers, and grifters into the GOP. Three men in America today own more wealth than the entire bottom 50% of the country, a level of inequality 
never before seen in the modern developed world. And you could confiscate 100% of the wealth of every one of those three men, and it wouldn't run this country for a week and a half. Fucking amazing, right? That's where we are. The spending apparatus that is the federal government and the state governments are the reason that people are poor, not the billionaires. Take all of the billionaires' money. Give it to the government so that they can solve every fucking problem that we have. And what they'll do is they'll spend it all within a month on bullshit, funding wars in the Middle East, and washing it through the laundering system that is Ukraine so that they can put it all back into their own pockets. When America was still coasting on FDR's success and rebuilding our government and institutions, nobody took very seriously Rand or Cook's misguided idealist efforts to tear it all down. Now that libertarianism and objectivists in the GOP, excuse me, in the GOP have had 42 years to make their project work, we're hitting peak libertarianism and tearing our country apart, pitting Americans against each other and literally killing people every day. I don't think you know what literally means, but and and the the thing that is literally killing people every day is the extremely light on crime policies of the left in these big cities where you see constant murder, constant fucking murder, murder, murder every day. How many people got killed in, in fucking Chicago this weekend? I bet you it was a hundred, close to a hundred. I would be willing to bet if not more. I, these big cities are murder factories and it's because of the light on crime side of stuff. What libertarianism, the, what the Ayn Rand style of libertarianism wants is for a strong police force to protect people's property rights, which would mean all of these murderers in these big cities would get the fucking chair. But no, that's that's not what this pro what progressive policy wants. So instead, you're going to have high murder rates. That's what's literally killing people, you moron motherfucker. If America is to survive as a functioning democratic republic, it shouldn't. It doesn't need to. We need to kick, you know, like knock that fucking thing in the head right the fuck now. It, that does not need to survive any longer than what it already has. It, it's done enough damage. Time to kill it. Uh, repudiate the greed is good ideology of Ayn Rand and libertarianism. Get billionaires and their money out of politics and rebuild our civic institutions. All right, bitch, if you want to get billionaires and their money out of politics, you need to take all of the ones who are sending money to the Democrats out as well, because that's where a large portion of the money goes. Uh, like of those three, uh, of those three like massive giants that have more wealth than the entire bottom fifty percent combined, you know where most of those send their money to? It's not Republicans. It's not. It's fucking Democrats. But never mind that. You don't actually look at that shit. You just you know, like you think that because Elon Musk has been sort of libertarian-ish and has been uh, not particularly hard on Republicans that he's like some massive Republican donor. And I, I'm sure he has sent money to Republicans, but m by and large, over his entire lifetime, he has sent way infinitely more to Democrats. That's where Bezos sends all his money. All money, all Bezos' money goes to Democrats. They have, people act like he's like this, uh, you know, billionaires are bad and billionaires are, are like supporting the the right wing. Uh, Bezos sends all his money to, to Democrats. Uh, like, it's, <clears throat> that starts with waking Americans up to the incredible damage that 40 years of Rand's writings and libertarian Reagan Republicans have done to this country. Except that if you start to show people what policies have actually been implemented in this country over the last 40 years, and they start to see what's actually been done, Reaganomics was a bright spot. 
it's everything that the that the liberals and progressives have done that have actually destroyed the middle class. It will succeed if President Biden can overcome the cynicism and greed celebrated by McConnell, Trump, Gates, Green, Cruz, and Hawley, reclaim the mantle of FDR, and put America back on an upward trajectory that the middle class enjoyed before the Reagan Revolution. This person is a full-on, straight-up fucking retard. I've I've ranted and raged raged throughout this enough. I'm not going to make the ending real long, but this this is what these moron motherfuckers believe. Like they sincerely think that libertarianism and greed are killing America and have destroyed the middle class. When you can go back and look at all of the progressive policies, look at look at the fucking uh, at the civil rights movement and what that did to the black communities and splitting up family homes and stuff like that. Like everything about progressive leftist policy is what has put us in the position that we're in today. And the only bright spots that you see throughout the last 40 fucking years are when we did actually have real true uh, libertarian idealist leaning conservatives who were putting in good policy that allowed the middle class to expand, that allowed the working class to grow, that allowed people to actually be successful and be able to generate economic growth. Everything that progressive leftist policy does is build up the billionaires Build up, actually, it builds up the politician class, the people who are actually running shit, and the people who send them money, like uh, the banking institutions, the real estate markets or institutions, uh, like all of these, all of these institutions that are run by the fucking Jews. Yeah, they they dump dump all of their money into Democrats, and they just keep it keep it spinning forward and keep building up more and more of the, of the same thing, while completely gutting the middle class and building a massive. Uh, lower class of people who are completely reliant on the state. That's what leftist policy does. This person is a goddamn retard. More libertarianism, more greed, more selfishness. Fuck trying to take care of everybody else. Take care of number one, and once you do that, then everything else gets better around you. And as everything gets better around you, other people are also going to be taking care of themselves. Quit incentivizing people to rely on the state and tell them either you fix it for yourself or you got to go like once people have that investment that they have to do it, then things get better. You nobody in the history of any fucking anywhere has ever gotten rich by relying on the state other than politicians and the ones who are running it. You will never have anything. If you're relying on the state, you have to look out for number one. You have to be selfish. You have to do it for your goddamn self because nobody else is going to fucking do it. Politicians sure as shit aren't going to do it. They're going to keep you relying on them and never let you get out of that gutter because as long as you're in that gutter, you're under their fucking foot. Get out from under their foot. Be fucking selfish. Go make something of yourself. That's all I got for today. I'll be back on Wednesday. Holy shit. I didn't think this article would get me so pissed off. I've read it twice, but God damn it. I hate these motherfuckers. I hate them. I'm like, I'm, I've reached the point where I don't even dislike them. I loathe them because this type of brain bug, like fucked up mentality is what is going to destroy everything that was good about this nation. And they're well on their way. We are close. Time to be selfish and take care of you because that's the only way you get out of this shit alive. See you Wednesday. Before you go, make sure you check out our great sponsor, Agorist Acres. Now, agoristacres.com, you can find over 100 varieties of seeds. They've got vegetables, flowers, all kinds of stuff. They've got heritage brands, everything that you want to start any kind of garden that you need. It's free shipping on any order of $20 or more. They've got cool packaging, and most of the seeds come in a fancy glass vial, no paper envelopes. They accept U.S. dollars and crypto and can easily take either at checkout. 
Now be sure to head over to agoristacres.com and anything that you get, use the promo code FCT at checkout for 10% off your order. I say all the time that you need to be starting your own garden, you need to be growing your own food, you need to be getting off the grid and becoming less dependent on grocery stores and stuff like that. Agorist Acres is a great first start. They have got everything you need for whatever kind of garden you want. Great people, great product, highly recommend. So go check them out. Yeah.